0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm, RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your
0: brand. Sharon Lighty on the Rider Flex podcast. Oh my gosh, it's an honor to have Sharon. How are you this morning?
1: Uh, it's great to be with you. It's been a long time.
0: You, we go all the way back to Bath and Body Works days. Uh, for for the listeners, I think most listeners probably know I was a district manager for Bath and Body Works. I think Sharon, what were you? You were like executive VP, second command. I was. I can't <laughs> even, where were I was, you then?
1: I was uh, I was the vice president of operations when I left.
0: That's right. That's right. I remember you and I remember I remember thinking she's gonna she's she's going places she's gonna go into bigger positions. Uh, I was impressed with you way back then it's such an honor to have you on the show. Before we get into the vitamin shop and business. Can you just tell us about sharing the person a little bit I want to know and I think the listeners who may not know you, where you grew up, maybe family parents siblings just give me some early life stuff if you don't mind
1: sure both my parents uh originally from cleveland ohio and uh, so early days i lived on the east side near east side of cleveland and then uh in high school, my parents moved us to New Orleans, Louisiana. So talk a very different culture.
0: Wow. So oh yeah.
1: From Cleveland, Ohio to New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> my um, dad ran a company down there. And so we, uh, we moved and uh, went through high school there, started college uh, in, in New Orleans, and then um, went back up to Ohio. I missed Ohio. I was helping my grandmother out at the time. Mm -hmm. and uh, went to school down there. Decided that maybe I missed my mom and dad a little bit more than I thought that I would. Moved back to New Orleans and actually that's when I fell in love with retail. I got a job at Express in a mall as a co-manager and uh, that's kind of where my retail career began. But um, have a huge love of travel and family and, uh, and uh, just kind of living life and experiences. And um, retail mm-hmm. career has been great because I've gotten to experience and live in many places uh, across the United States uh, and uh, kind of brings me to where I am today, which is uh, I have a home today. I split my time between Fort Worth, Texas and New York City.
0: Mm, why Fort Worth how did how'd that happen the whole Texas connection
1: yeah so I got got to Fort Worth when I came to Pier 1 Imports Uh, when I took when I left Bath and Body Works and Mm. Pier 1 Imports as their head of stores Uh, Mm. Pier 1 was based in Fort Worth and so we made the we made the move to Fort Worth Texas back then and never left. So, um, but, uh, so it's been, it's been a great experience to be there in the Fort Worth community. And uh, my daughter's there. She recently got married and so she is huh? there as well. And so Fort Worth and New York City is home. Seems a little odd, but uh, I love being able to find <laughs> between those
0: two great cities. Uh, you, you have to change your speed. You, you got to change gears when you land in, in DFW. You got to be like, OK, let me just bring it down a notch because like, you've been in New York for a week. <laughs> That's there is a little truth in that. <laughs> uh, uh, so one, do you have one? You have one daughter then?
1: Yes. Yes, I have okay. one. daughter. Her name is Megan. She's great. She's uh, she's an assistant principal in a middle school.
0: Oh, really? Okay. No grandchildren yet?
1: No, 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 no. Not quite ready for that yet. But uh... Okay. Okay. All right.
0: right. And we, we, do you mind me asking? Is there a partner? Is there a relationship there? Is it Sharon by herself? Married? Oh, my husband,
1: my husband, Joe. I've been married to my husband for, gosh, uh, over 30 years.
0: And he's
1: been kind of my life partner in all of this and been a huge uh, supporter. And I'm really, really grateful and, and blessed to have somebody like that in my life.
0: 30 plus years, you know, you should get like a tax break or something. If you've been married that long, right? There should be some sort of bonus.
1: <laughs> well, they're, they're, uh, I think, you know, if you find somebody that you can spend your life with uh, for that period of time, uh, you're really one of the lucky ones. That's for sure. Mm, I
0: think You got that. You got that right. Congratulations on that. Any siblings, by the way,
1: uh, two brothers, one in Boston and one in Florida. And I'm very fortunate that both my parents are still living and they're also in the Florida area.
0: You said your dad ran a company in New Orleans. What? What? Uh, so he was an executive.
1: Yeah, he was an executive. He ran a uh, mechanical engineering gear manufacturing plant. He's a Naval Academy grad, so and he his uh, his degree was in, in mechanical engineering.
0: Okay, how about your mom?
1: Uh, my mom uh, worked in the dental profession, and she actually was uh, for many years taught at the uh, LSU Dental School uh, oh, in New really. North. Mm-hmm. really he supported the endodontic department
0: okay okay was your dad pretty was your dad pretty hardcore like was he pretty you know naval academy was he pretty you know, you
1: know there were we had a lot of discipline in our house but um <laughs> my parents were always really great about letting us be who we wanted to be and uh they are absolutely my my biggest role models just in terms of kind of how i live my life and mm-hmm. uh how I grew up. Uh, one of the things that my dad always taught us and taught me specifically was, if you're not going to do your best, don't bother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, work. You know, you have to work hard. You have to earn your way. And uh, but he always just really instilled. in me, if you're going to go do something, just give it your all and and just go for it. And because you know, you don't. We don't have. You know, my maiden name is Glue, G L E W. So you don't. And you can imagine what that must have been like to grow up <laughs> with a name like that as a maiden name. But But he says, you know, we glues, we do things. We're all in. We we do we do things the way they need to be done, and we give it our all. And uh, that's something Mm -hmm. that I've always tried to do, and certainly try to instill that in my daughter as well.
0: When you started moving up in retail, so so that career, you started moving up. You were the co-manager, I'm sorry, district manager. What do you you probably hit every? You probably hit just about every slot, right, on the way up. Pretty much, yes. Were you thinking? I'm going to be CEO of a retail company someday or was it where life was just kind of happening and you were kicking ass and moving up and, or or was there a plan?
1: (laughs) So I always knew that I loved running a business and I always loved, you know, building a team. So for me, people building a culture, getting results through people is Mm -hmm. kind of what makes me tick. And okay. I find that that it's not only in terms of what I do in my professional life, it's also what I do in my personal life in mm. some of the nonprofit or mm. some committees that I, I'm I'm on. And I really, it's it's really about the people and doing things with others that I love so so very much. Mm. And uh, and so, you know, as I kind of moved my way up through, you know, through my career, I was grateful to get that next kind of, you know, ladder, you know, ring, ring on the ladder, I guess. But, um, and it was really at that point when I got to a certain point that I said, gosh, you know, I think I could go do that. And, and trying to figure out how to go do that. And I have to tell you, my husband was a huge supporter and he was always the one that said, I don't see why you don't try to go do that. You should go try that. And, uh, and he was always willing to kind of say, you know, go for it, go for it. I was also really lucky that I had some great mentors Okay. In, in my career and they were incredibly supportive. And I think as leaders, our ability to understand who we can help in, in, in as leaders to help them move up in organizations or to help them kind of fulfill a career path, I think is, is, is really important, um, the role that we play in, in helping kind of the next generation of leaders. And so mm-hmm. I was really fortunate that I had some wonderful role models that supported me along the way. And uh, it certainly made a difference in what I thought was possible. Um, I often was the only female in the room or (laughs) a few of the females in the room. and um, But I never saw that as a barrier. I never thought about I'm shattering something. Um, It was really just about hard work trying to accomplish the next goal and being successful in that. And I think as leaders, the other thing, when you're in a role, understanding that for you to move up into the next le- level, you got to make sure there's somebody behind you that's going to take over your spot when you've gone mm. on, and moved mm. on. Because In a lot of cases, in succession planning, in some companies, people don't will inhibit someone's growth because they don't have a backup for somebody. So right. really understanding that, you know, do your, your best, do a great job, but look behind and, and help understand who's going to take my place so that then I can move on, you know, to the, to the next opportunity.
0: Great tip. And you're right. Often people they don't get a chance to move up because there's nobody to backfill. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Great tip. Why vitamin shop? Did, did you get a call from a recruiter? Did you have a friend? Is somebody is there somebody who's on the board over there? What, how, how'd that happen?
1: So I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to have one of those mentors that I just spoke of in wow. Apple Smith, who was my boss at Pier 1 Imports and who happened to be the chairman of the board at the vitamin shop. We were a public company when I joined the organization right, and going right. through a turnaround.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: got a call from Alex and he said, Hey, I'm now the chairman of the board at the vitamin shop. And I see so many similarities of the things that we had to do when you came to Pure One Imports
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: at that time. And would you come? You think you might, you know, give me a hand and and help me, you know, run this company and, and build this organization. and." Um, I always have, I just have such tremendous respect for Alex and what he taught me over the years. He gave me a lot of broadening experiences for me to grow who I am as an individual and as a leader. And uh, so when he gave me the call, I said, absolutely. I still went through a process. There were other candidates, (laughs) Um, but he certainly was a, a big reason why I left Godiva To come to the you know to two vitamin shop and and obviously three years later I'm I'm still here today.
0: Now are you are you starting to be tagged now as a turnaround type CEO? (laughs) Are you getting that? Are you getting that? Is that label kind of following you a little bit now? And do you like that? Yeah, you know the way I think about turnarounds, I think turnarounds
1: is they're complex problems or puzzles that you have to figure out, and I think Mm -hmm. that I love solving. For solving a challenge I love kind of you know building solutions and and kind of being able to go in and, and kind of understand what the situation is and trying to figure out how do you fix something or how do you improve it or you know whatever it is that you're trying to solve for and it's I take it's to me it's it's um it's a uh, it's a challenge um it's a it's it's mentally stimula- stimulating uh, I'm fortunate that through my career, I worked for some amazing retailers and companies over the years. And I've been able to kind of harness those experiences to be able to bring them into whatever situation I'm coming into. And at the, at the heart of it all always is, I think there's a couple things. One, you really have to know the organization and know the customer. Mm. And, and I think in that you know who you are and what you do, what you're good at, but more importantly, where the gaps are, where are, the, where are those opportunities and, and what's missing and being able to kind of fill out kind of the story or the strategy or, you know, what is the mission? What do you want the organization or the company to be? And then you kind of put your plan together and you go to work and at the, at the heart of it all, and it always has been for me is talent. Do yes. you have the right people Yes. in the organization to help you to accomplish those goals. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the current talent is 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 bad. It just may not be the right talent for what you need or the, that the people have the right experiences for where you need to go. And as the leader, you have to really assess, are those the right people that are gonna get to that ultimate goal of where you're trying to take that business? And that's certainly been the journey that we've had here at the vitamin shop. When I got here, I had to really think through kind of, gosh, who were we, uh, mm-hmm. what were we missing? What was our, were we a brand or were we just a place that sold a bunch of other people's products? Mm-hmm. And I really had to define who we are, what we wanted to accomplish, really get to know our customer in a much more meaningful way so that we could put our strategy together and then kind of go forth and, and prosper, if you will. And at the heart of that, I did have um, some talent gaps. I didn't have some of the skills that we needed to accomplish that objective. Uh, a couple of them was were in, uh, in, in anything digital. The organization okay. really wasn't focused on mm-hmm. understanding the importance of digital and digital being much more than e-commerce. But mm-hmm. digital, in terms of how you communicate, how you market, the way you engage with your consumer, where you put your money, where you spend your money. Uh, and 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 thank goodness we did that in that first year that I was here because there's no way that we would have been able to um, to succeed through the pandemic had we not made those investments in that, in those early very very early days when I was here did you
0: did you know when you were recruited over there they were gonna it was gonna go private and, and get purchased was no that, they t- okay. I
1: had no idea
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, wow, yeah, that was yeah. a that was
1: a that was a new experience too because I'd always worked for public companies and mm. uh so this was the first time that i had ever been through that process so Talk about being agile and uh, having some <laughs> level of curiosity and wanting to learn uh, because that was, it is it is different than when you grow up in a public company and you're used to the quarterly earnings cycle and preparing for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, another, mm-hmm. and then selling the organization and going into a different ownership structure. There is different. There's no doubt that I made my fair share of mistakes. Uh, tried to learn from them as quickly as I could, and uh, you know, and we've we've had a, a very successful run uh, under our current ownership structure.
0: Great experience for you to go through that. I'm, um, you know, that was huge to get to be able to experience that. Now, is your friend gone, the former chairman? I'm guessing he's gone when that when that yeah. purchase. yes, yeah. but okay. still,
1: still very much a friend and uh, and very much a mentor and somebody that I appreciate. Uh, you have no idea how much I appreciate him.
0: By the way, when I saw that in the timeline, when I saw, you know, the purchase happened and you were there and, and you now you're still there, what, two years after the purchase? it two or, years.
1: Yeah, it'll be two years in December.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a win because a lot of times, you know, when a move like that happens, sometimes they'll make a change or what, for whatever reason. Right. You know, and I thought, okay, well, she's, she got, she got through that change. She's still there. She's still kicking ass. That's good. Congratulations. That's great.
1: Great yeah, experience our- for you. Yeah, our owners have been, you know, very supportive of our business, uh, very supportive of me, and um, I'm Fantastic. very you know, grateful for their partnership.
0: I love what you're doing with the brand, by the way. Uh, I I do like the personal, warm feel from you as a CEO for the brand. Your your uh, public image, the, you know, you you put yourself out there a little bit to to represent the brand. I think it's great. And I like, for example, the founder spotlight things that you're doing when people bring in uh, their products to your business and you, you've been talking to them on the founder spotlight, Mm -hmm. a podcast that you're doing. I think stuff like that is, is, is wonderful. It, it, it creates uh, an emotional connection with the consumer beyond just, okay, let me order my vitamins off of Amazon. You know, I I love it. I think you're doing a great job with that. uh, Well, you know, we're,
1: we're, we're, a big believer in authenticity. And I think Mm. that consumers want to engage with organizations and brands that are authentic. Yes. And, uh, we have a very, very strong belief in helping people become their best self, how they define it. Um, every customer that we come across, they're all on their own health journey. And Mm. what's been accelerated by the pandemic is the understanding, and I think the importance of people taking stock and care of their health and really wanting to make sure that they're doing the right thing for themselves, for their families, uh, Mm -hmm. and they're looking for solutions and they're looking for brands and information that they can trust. So we believe and we want to provide an environment where people feel that they can come to the vitamin shop and know that Lifetime Wellness starts here and that we can have the customer for a very long time we I talk a lot about the ecosystem and and you know getting customers at whatever part of their life journey that they're on and that we want to provide an authentic a trusted experience uh, we talk about our three brand pillars of quality innovation and expertise quality in everything we do not just in the products that we carry but in our experiences in our loyalty program in the way we show up in our communities Innovation at the core and at the spirit of everything we do, again, in our products, being first to market, being innovative in the way we think about how we run a retail business, Mm -hmm. and then uh, expertise, being someplace or a trusted source where customers can come for real information on a solution that they're looking for for their health and and making sure that we have the expertise and that we surround ourselves with experts so that we can continue to learn and be leaders in, in, in this space and in the industry.
0: Can you have one of your advisors call me after the podcast and tell me how at the age of 54 I can I can, I can, I can, I can still have my, my beer and chips, but not have a little pot belly. Is there like a pill I can take for that? What can you give me?
1: Well, you know what? We have this great team of nutritionists and I would be happy to have one of them give you a call afterwards to, uh, to learn a little bit more about your lifestyle and maybe provide some tips and some solutions to help you on your journey.
0: I've been, I've been skinny my whole life and I went for a full checkup with my doctor recently at the age of 54, you know, doing a full checkup and, like I said, I've been skinny my whole life, and my doctor, who was a good guy, you know, we were always joking around. He looks at me and he goes, "Well, he goes, you know, you could you could lose a few pounds." And and I <laughs> and I and I came home and I told my wife. I said, "Wow, like I've never like that's the first time anybody's ever said those words to me because I've just always been skinny, you know." And I I was depressed for about a week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Steve, when we get a little older, you know, it's just called
0: maintenance. You know, it's just called right. <laughs> <laughs> right well you do hey by the way you look great you're doing a great job do you feel uh you got to feel a little fresher right if you're the if you're the ceo of the vitamin shop like you got to be in decent shape don't you isn't that part of the job requirement i don't know
1: <laughs> well i do think you have to embrace you know you have to embrace the lifestyle and do right, uh, right. very much embrace the lifestyle at the vitamin shop uh I put <laughs> collagen in my coffee every morning, All right, uh, you know, and uh, thanks to, you know, just really good foundational health, which is a multivitamin, uh, a fish oil and a probiotic. I okay. take that every day. It's a really right. good kind of a recipe for foundational health. And I'm always looking for little things. You know, we one of the things that we're really proud of is that we are kind of a destination for an emerging category called CBD, and mm-hmm. so we have the largest, um, the best assortment of CBD products, and actually great information because unfortunately there's a lot of not so accurate information about the category and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every once in a while, if you're a little stressed out or some joint pain or things like that, you know, there's some, there's some very specific benefits of, of that particular product category. And um, that Absolutely. would be an example of innovation and how we can be a trusted source for consumers to help them uh, with a solution that they may be looking for.
0: Will, will you move into cannabis uh, with, with THC if it gets uh, passed federally? Will you, will you, think, go, will you go a yeah. step further?
1: We'll, we'll see. We'll see what our customer is looking for. They have certainly embraced uh, our move into CBD and being an authority in that mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a big fan of you have to really stay very close to your customer. When I talk about the customer too, I talk about the our external customer, which is the paying public and our internal customer, because our internal customer, which we call health enthusiasts, they have some of the best information that I could ever get Around what's going on in their communities, what are their customers asking for? In fact, the last two days I was out in our Maryland and DC stores,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: every at the end of every visit, I do a roundtable with some of our you know Great. store managers and Great. field training managers, and
0: awesome, it's awesome,
1: just us, and we just kind of chat about what's going on in the business. What do they like? What are the stuff that we make them do that they're like, what are they crazy? Why are we doing <laughs> this kind of stuff? Um, what can I learn from them? Because you know they are the front lines. They have the you know mm, one absolutely. of the toughest, if not the toughest, job in the organization. And they don't know who's going to walk through their front door and and who they're going to have to serve that day. And uh, there's just so much that we can learn from our people that are closest to the customer. And I try very hard to stay connected with them so that uh, I can kind of take that knowledge. Because you know, talk about um, speed you know to get information you know they have so much experience and uh mm-hmm. I think it's uh, really important for me to stay connected to them and understand what they're going through each I day.
0: love that I love that and you know I was in retail for most of my life you know uh, I ran a couple of 40 million dollar retail wholesale companies eventually as a president and CEO I will tell you that uh I I always made sure I had conversations with the store managers without the district manager and regional manager being next to them. Right. I don't don't don't. I didn't want the DM or our regional trying to, like, answer the question for them or blocking me in some way. Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to take Mary. Mary and I are going to go for a cup of coffee. I'll see you in a bit. You know, you can learn so much.
1: It is, you, you learn, it's it's unfiltered. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing that it provides, especially if you're consistent with doing something like that, word gets out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: they, then they start seeing things get better and they mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. that you're listening. And that's another layer I think of trust that you build in an organization that yes. people that are running this organization are listening. And although yes. you can't fix everything like this, you know, overnight many times, the fact that you're willing to listen and you're making strides to make it better, I think, drives and builds a lot of credibility in an organization.
0: Okay. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Seven hundred store plus seven hundred plus store chain, right? Yes. When you when you pull a store manager aside and spend ten minutes with them, which I know your time is super valuable running that size of the organization, but when you do that, I can promise you that it, that makes a huge difference in that manager's life, in their and their morale, uh, everything. So I think it's wonderful. Can I ask you, I want to ask you a couple of questions around COVID and how that affected and what you guys are doing there. Uh, My first question is, uh, you know, is 2020, is 2021 going to match 2019 in revenue? Are you back? Are you back starting to come back? I don't know how much you want to share there. I'm just wondering how the business is doing overall. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you were, you know, you got hit pretty hard last year, but I'm wondering how this year is looking.
1: So the business has bounced back uh, quite quite nicely. I think it goes back to what we said, what we talked about earlier about people are taking more stock in their health. And I think it's great that people are doing that. They're not taking it for yeah. granted mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. I think people did in the past. And, and we're seeing those trends continue. With the latest spike with the Delta variant, we saw some of the old behaviors come back around the important... Mm-hmm. Of certain products, zinc, elderberry, vitamin C. Okay. You know, making sure that immune health was stable and strong to combat any potential, you know, variant or, or virus. And I think that we'll continue to see those trends, uh, especially okay. as we go through the cold and flu season, continue. Mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. the bigger message is people are taking better care of themselves. Generally, That's wonderful. Speaking, and mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, once the gyms reopened and people could get back out to do, you know, something a little bit more physical as well. And I think people are trying to figure out how best the reality is, the virus isn't going away anytime really soon. soon. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to all figure out how to live with it. And how do we make sure that we, our immune health is as strong as it possibly can be. And so much of it also is not just about you know, immune health, it's about stress. It's about getting the proper mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. It's yes. about getting the proper nutrition. And it's really about thinking and, and really understanding what's important to my body and how do I take care of me? Because for so many of us, especially of those of us that are parents, we're all taking care of someone else too. So mm-hmm. um, what we're seeing from the, the trends out there is it's really more about the the, the um, what's happening in the industry about health and wellness.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And Making sure that we at the vitamin shop can be again, that trusted place where people can get their solutions um, taken.
0: What are you going to do on? Uh, I don't know if you want to answer this one or not kind of a kind of a touchy subject. What are you going to do on employee rules around, you know, because I'm hearing some of these retailers, they're starting to talk yeah. about, well, we, we might force vaccinations, we might we might do this. We might do that. Where you know you got to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. I mean, I, every retail shop I go in, every everybody's different. I, I you know sure. everybody's trying to make up their own rules. Everybody's trying to do the dance. You know, my wife's in retail too. Uh, she she works for TJ Maxx, and I see them trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. What where, where are you guys at so far with with what you're going to tell the associates?
1: Yeah, it's a it's such a complex issue, and it's so different from one end of the country to the other end of the country. Right. <laughs> I have throughout this entire um, throughout the p- entire pandemic, we have always erred on the side of conservatism. Okay, meaning that the health and safety of our associates is paramount to anything um, that that we do. Uh, we have provided pay for associates to get vaccinated to make sure okay. that. No issue around them worrying about, you know, them getting paid if they have to go get a vaccine or the time off or anything like that. So we've eliminated that altogether. Okay. Um, it's still at this point is the associate's choice, but we do have um, uh, we do have a, a a guard guardrail or a guideline in the organization around our protocols around around masking. All of our associates are still in masks. Okay. Uh, I was in stores yesterday. I had a mask on. We have a daily checklist around, you know, COVID protocols that we take very seriously, and we do want to make sure that our associates uh, get the proper health and 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 wellness and advice from their physicians. But at this point, it is their choice. We highly recommend it, but it it, it is their choice. But okay. but, until, but we are very clear about following CDC gui- you know, guidelines, uh, mm-hmm. following the things that we're doing at a federal level, uh, but again, most importantly, do, just doing the right thing and keeping our people uh, as, as, as safe as we possibly can.
0: Are you having a problem with staffing? I, I mean, I see in the news and I see you know every store front that I pass has a giant sign that says now hiring. In fact, I've seen several restaurants, bars, stores where they're, they've cut back on their hours because they can't feel the staff properly. Uh, even, even my wife who works for TJ Maxx, she, she'll come home and she'll say, well, we couldn't open the fitting room today because we don't have enough people showing up. Yeah. Well, well, how's the, how's the staffing situation for you?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, we're having the same challenges that so many other retailers are having around staffing. I mean, it, it continues to be a challenge that the good news in our business is so many of our customers are our health enthusiasts. And so we're able, because of the product knowledge and the information that you have to know to work in a vitamin shop store
0: and be Mm -hmm. connected
1: to our business, Mm -hmm. that we don't have quite the challenges that you're seeing in some of the other retailers and certainly food and food, you know, the hospitality industry certainly has been hit pretty hard, Uh, but there's no question. It's not easy. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a challenge. Uh, We, we want to make sure that we provide the best environment we can for our health enthusiasts. Uh, But uh, it is, it is not something we take for granted. I will tell you that we work hard at it every single day.
0: Can I ask you about this topic? Uh, You know, me and you, we've, we've we've been in retail for a long time, right? Both of us.
1: Yes.
0: Sharon, when I, when I was a store manager, you know, uh, if I had an associate that, that was scheduled for a shift, Mm-hmm. and they did not show up and they mm-hmm. did not call and they did not call me. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I, and I, I've watched over the years like, wow. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I don't even remember calling HR if I wanted to fire somebody and I, I sure as hell wasn't going to let somebody just do a no call, no show and still work here. Like I didn't even, that, I mean, and now I, I, I talk to people that are in retail and it's like, the associates almost have to like kill somebody to get fired or something like they, they just get away with murder with these no call, no shows. What happened? Well, how did, how did we get here with that over the years? I, well, I just want your opinion on that. How'd that happen?
1: I think, um, you know, I don't know down to that level kind of what our situation is in that particular, but I do think, you know, there are always two sides to a story. I think you have to understand and seek to understand why that may have happened. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, every, every, situation is different and i think you have to you know seek to understand first before you can make that decision but uh, we always in that kind of situation would partner with our hr team and and certainly do the right thing for the business uh take into consideration what uh the situation was with the particulars
0: okay (laughs) Uh, every time my wife tells me something like that i'm like what are you that's (laughs) crazy i mean i don't even know what world you're talking about anyway okay let's move to the next what about the state of brick and mortar retail long term? I mean, we're, we're, what, where are we going to live in 20 years? or are, are people still going to go to the store? Uh, uh, you know what are, you, what are your thoughts there?
1: You know, I think brick and mortar is st- here to today. I think the difference is what you do and the role that the brick and mortar business is in your company. Uh, for us, convenience is very important, and we feel very strongly in serving our communities. Uh, I think that it is the the uh, the migration or the ability to blur the lines between digital and brick and mortar that mm. will make continue to make brick and mortar relevant. So, if your experience is about meeting the customer where they are, versus you being where you think the customer should be. Mm little nuanced but different you have to be where the customer expects you to be and you have to know what's important for your customer and be there for them but for some customers the store and what you do in the store is important if you're a brick and mortar business and in our business education is very important and our customers still like to deal with humans and so they want to hear and get the expertise from our health enthusiasts about why they should take this or versus this, or they're having this problem and they're trying to solve for it. How might we help them? And so that engagement with the health enthusiasts in our business is still important, but it is about blurring the lines of digital with brick and mortar that will be critical for brick and mortar retailers going forward. And you see it I think some other retailers doing exceptionally well. You certainly see what's happening at Target, uh, the things that some of the, you know, the other retailers are doing where they, they become these, these places for customers to, to go, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's the third place that Starbucks talks about all the time, uh, meeting up with people. But in our situation, it's really a place for education uh, and it's also for convenience for our customers.
0: Yeah, for for me as a consumer, like you got to give me a really good reason to get in my car and drive to the location. Like I, I, you know, if if I go to the vitamin shop, I'm gonna want to know that Fred is there and Fred yeah. recognizes Fred recognizes me, and I'm like, hey, Fred, what's up? Hey, what what's the latest? What 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 do I? You got you know, like have a conversation, have an emotional yeah. re, uh, connection to it. There's got to be uh, that that's got to happen for me, or else or else I'll just order it on Amazon, you know. Yeah, um, and
1: I will say that that engagement, and we hear this from our customers all the time. There's nothing that, um, that that can make up for that one-on-one right. communication yes. with that health yes. and food. Yesterday, I was in a store in our in our, ba- our Bailey's Crossing store in uh, in the D.C. area yesterday, and mm. there were half a dozen times when customers walked in the store and the associates knew the customer's name.
0: That's wonderful. That that's awesome. That,
1: they, that makes a big, big difference, especially when you're talking about somebody's health and how personal that is for that customer.
0: That is so cool. Now I'm having a visual because I was a retailer for a long time. I'm having the, a visual of the district manager standing off to the side, watching the store manager say the customer's name and the DM's like, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the magic happens, right? right? That's, where, yes. that's the magic when you, can, when you have that, that relationship with the consumer. Yeah especially in a retail business, that is really where the magic
0: happens. That's so good. All right. I want to ask you a couple more questions here. Cause I know we're getting, I'm, I could talk to you for another two hours. Cause we could talk about old retail stories. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. Now you have to deal with board members, you know, owners uh, you, you're dealing with, you know, that we went through the M and a stuff. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of 30,000 foot things. Mm-hmm. do you enjoy do you enjoy that now as a CEO do you, do you miss the do you miss the the lower tactical stuff sometimes
1: what I love about being a CEO is I get to do all of it okay and so <laughs> what what's what's fun for me is no different than again the last two days I was out in the field I was able to be with the people that do the majority of the volume in our business I mean the mm. store, our people are really the heart of the, and the engagement with the customer is, is is the heart of everything that we do. And so, being able to spend that time, but understanding that helps me with the communication and mm. with the time that mm. I spend mm. with the investment community and with our ownership, mm. uh, with boards, because I can translate. Part of my job is to be able to translate what actually happens where we make the money to where we have to invest and where the potential areas for growth are. And my job is to be able to translate that to a different audience. So I don't mean this to sound overly simplistic, but part of it is you have to know your customer. You have to know who it is that you're speaking to, what's important to them and how do you translate what you might be doing at the local level, which might be very tactical Mm. to what is a, a, A different message for an investor in terms of what return you can get at any given time and so my ability to understand kind of that whole sliding scale I think has been a very important part of my role at the same time it's important for me to be able to translate what the investment community community is looking for in terms Mm. of then what to deliver at the local level Mm. and so if you can if I think I think great leaders are able to kind of bounce back and forth between you know, being very strategic, but understanding the practical application of how to execute that. And then at the same time, understanding the execution, but understand you know, when you scale that, what it means in terms of you know, share, uh, you know, what that means in terms of market share or return on equity, et cetera. And I think, uh, and I actually enjoy it. And I learn new stuff every day and it's fun.
0: Speaking of what you might enjoy, I, you do a pretty good job of your social media. I mean, you're active on social media. You represent the brand. You're the face of the brand. Uh, you're 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 quote out there, I guess. You know, a little more than maybe some CEOs, which I think is great because you 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 represent the brand very well. I also noticed that you are careful. Uh, you, you don't you don't step. I haven't seen you step out on any social topics and wave a flag about this or that. My question is, uh, what, what do you think about some of these CEOs that um, jump out on social media and speak on a hot social topic and mm-hmm. pick a side? Pick a side on whatever the whatever the hot button is for the for the month.
1: Well, I think for every CEO, you have to make your own decision. That I think a lot of it has to do with the communities that you serve and the culture of your organization. For us at the Vitamin Shop, we have a very inclusive and diverse culture, we're constantly working on that. Um, You know, after the Black Lives Matter movement started, um, we really ramped up our efforts to make sure that we were doing everything that we could to ensure that we reflected the communities that we serve and that we were educating our organization. Mm. Uh, But I think what's important, we just wanna do the right thing and we wanna do the right thing for our customers, our communities and our associates. And for me, at the heart of everything, is the people that are the vitamin shop and making Mm, sure mm. that we can that I represent them, uh, that I support the communities that we support. Uh, But we are, we have a, we have varying points of view in our organization. I'm sure we have we have lots of diverse individuals that make up the fabric of this organization. And Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of that. I think it makes us better. And I want to make sure that anything that I can do to drive an inclusive behavior uh, mm-hmm. is supported here at the vitamin shop. And I'm going to do everything I can to protect that.
0: Awesome. Okay. Two last questions. I know we're almost out of time. Two more questions. Wonderful career, you know, congratulations. Plus you, plus the fact that you've been married for 30 years, uh, with this, with this I mean, th- those are two My major
1: husband's, the saint. My husband's uh, the saint there.
0: huge accomplishments, uh, if you could, though, if you could call the young lady that was traveling from Cleveland to New Orleans and trying to figure out what the hell she wanted to do with her life, if you could call her now, knowing what you know, what would you tell her?
1: I would tell her to um, maybe believe in yourself a little bit more. Um, they, I stepped out there, but I probably could have stepped out a little bit more. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and to just really go for it. And to not have that self-doubt that maybe you're not good enough. Mm. Uh, and to, to really kind of push forward. And uh, I was really fortunate. I had my husband helping me with those doubts that I had as that young person. And he was my biggest fan throughout my entire career. And I owe him a debt of gratitude because he was the one that kept pushing me and other mentors that I had in the organization that gave me the tough love that I needed uh, when maybe I didn't really want it. And I didn't maybe understand at the time, but it kind of jolted me out of whatever it was I might have been thinking at that particular time and helped me move uh, to the next place.
0: Tough love and limited brands. I, I've heard those, those terms put together a few times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I had, this is a true story. There was somebody at, uh, that uh, that I knew at L Brands that told me at one point in time that I could never do more because I wasn't tough enough. Oof. And it I really kind of like stuck with me about like, what does that mean? Do I have to be tough to be successful? And I remember Uh, somewhat recently I reconnected with this person and I Mm. shared a bit of feedback and this person shared with me, she's, um, they said, you know, I only told that to people that I thought could do something with that feedback. I Mm. wouldn't tell them if it wasn't, Mm. you know, that I didn't really care about in terms of them, you know, succeeding in their career. So, Mm. uh, I appreciate it. I wish I had known that uh, about 15, 20 years ago, but, uh, but anyway, it was (laughs) nice to hear
0: Last question. If you had to put your core purpose in life now at this stage, at this age, if you had to define your core purpose and put it into a sentence, what do you think that would be? What, what would it sound like?
1: I would say pay it forward and leave what you, where you are, the organization you're a part of, leave this place a better place than you found it.
0: Mm, I like that, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the Ryderflex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was great to reconnect with you and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again soon.